Tyler Buckner, uh, Brian Kelly said he responded well, was battling a hamstring, tight hamstring, uh, did not play in the second half versus Purdue. We'll see how much he is able to play today. If I'm Brian Kelly, I'm not going to ever say Tyler Buckner's out of the game because you don't want to take away that threat. So it's possible Buckner is a little bit more dinged up than Kelly's letting on this week because why would you give up that information? You never would want to give up that information if you're Brian Kelly. But let's hope, maybe let's hope he's going the other way, right? Making it sound like yeah. Buckner's still a little hurt and, and Buckner is able to because we know today is going to be about Jack Cohn against Wisconsin. Yeah. But they need Tyler Buckner to be healthy in this game and, and being able to give his versatility. Well, and I think that's part of the whole question for Notre Dame this year is they have a lot of inexperienced people. They got hit really hard with injuries. Um, so, you know, a lot of moving parts, a lot of new people in there. And I think that leads to the uncertainty and maybe some inconsistent play. All right. We are uh, off and running. I, we, we didn't even tell you what's coming up on the show because we had some injury news right out of the gate to get to. So uh, on tap on this morning's show, Irish quarterback Jack Cohn knows all about Wisconsin. He played for them. We'll hear from Jack on facing his old teammates. Jack, not the only member of the Notre Dame football program with strong Wisconsin football roots. Irish team chaplain Father Nate Wills has them too. Hear from Father Nate later in Focus on faith. We will, of course, break down the matchup with Wisconsin today, a team that is one and one coming off a bye, so hard to know what to expect from them as well. Next segment, we'll go position by position, breaking down our first quarter of the season grade reports. We are all over the place in our grades between uh, Kevin, <laughs> me, and our uh, producer, Ilya Glassman, so we'll be all over the place uh, on those, so it should be good uh, conversation. And you can weigh in on our poll question, what happens today between Notre Dame and Wisconsin? Head to my Twitter page, at Andre DiCarlo, to cast your vote, uh, but... Uh, Shamrock Series game today should be a great atmosphere in Chicago. Smack in the middle between Madison and South Bend. And this one's different than most Shamrock Series games. They split the tickets 50-50 between mm -hmm. Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Now we'll see who ends up having more. Sounds like maybe Notre Dame's got a little bit more than Wisconsin. I but don't I don't know. It, sometimes it often feels like that it goes the other way in these types of situations. So we'll see. But it should be an electric atmosphere. I I, you know, you kind of wish this was an 8 p.m. game, but it kind of yeah. neat that it's going to be a noon game. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be you don't get a 50 50 crowd very often mm -hmm. in a college football game. So that should provide what uh, a unique atmosphere, certainly for this game. Well, and I think Wisconsin and Penn State, that was a big game. Notre Dame, Florida State, that was a big game. So it's not like there's going to be big game jitters. No, no, not but that. But I think I'm it's just, just going to be. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be intense. There's going to be a great crowd and. Yeah, it's going to be pretty split, I would guess. I don't think I don't think you're you're affected by the fact that it's a big game atmosphere, but I think it's unique that it's like noon, any, <laughs> noon, and it's fifty fifty because yeah. that just doesn't really happen. Now, uh, let's hear from Irish linebacker Drew White on what he feels the atmosphere would be like today. This is a, a fantastic answer. It's going to be an electric atmosphere, and like I don't want to come off bad when I say this, but that's really for the fans. That's for the media. Like that is for everyone else um, to have a good time. And like when I'm done playing football, I will, I want to, I'll be excited for that too, but we have a, a job to do and the job doesn't change. We're, we're playing an opponent that is going to try and run the ball, um, you know, down our throat and we're going to have to stop them. And like, I think just the focus and the attention to that aspect and not, you know, kind of limiting the outside noise is going to be really important. I love that answer because yeah. it's like, 
Yeah, I, I, I can't worry about that atmosphere, right? I mean, the opposite of one of his predecessors, uh, Joe Schmidt at middle linebacker. Joe Schmidt would like, give me the atmosphere. <laughs> I want the atmosphere. I feed off the atmosphere. And Drew White's like, yeah, when I'm 24 and coming back to a game, yeah, then, then, I'll enjoy, then I'll enjoy the atmosphere. So, uh, funny thing. All right, uh, obviously, major storyline in this game, Jack Cohn, mm-hmm. Wisconsin graduate, going against his old teammates, when he was packing up to move to Notre Dame, his Wisconsin teammates helped him pack his apartment for the drive to Notre Dame. So what a unique situation, yeah. for, especially for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, we, obviously we saw it with Dylan Gibbons uh, against Notre Dame earlier this year for Florida State. But when it's the quarterback, that's always a different situation. And it will be very interesting today for Jack Cohn to go up against his old teammates. Well, and he was a leader at Wisconsin. Um, you know, I read an article about the Wisconsin quarterback and how much he really liked Cone and, you know, learned from him, even though that he had that foot injury. Um, I don't know. Just it, it's it's interesting. But again, with all the transfer portal and people moving around, I, mean, I think it's just the new reality of football right now. Right. And maybe two. But year- it's different for a quarterback. And, and maybe two years from now, we're barely talking about situations yeah. like this because it's just so the norm. Yeah, but it, it feels still new. And again, like like we said, especially the quarterback, Cone started 18 games for Wisconsin in his career. He finished third all time in completion percentage at 68 percent through 18 touchdowns, just five interceptions in 2019. He completed nearly 70% of his passes that year. Did not play in 2020 because of injury. Graham Mertz, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. became the starter and and has looked up to him. Uh, Like we said, tons of friends. Here's what Jack Cohn had to say about facing Wisconsin and his old buddies. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be weird, you know, just because it's going to be a lot of my my friends I'm playing against. A lot of guys I still talk to today. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just another football game. And, you know, I, I like to think I don't get, you know, too excited or more excited for one game than the next. Um, but it'll certainly be you know, a pretty cool atmosphere, and we're playing against a great team, so it'll be fun. Have you talked to some of your friends on that team about what you think that game will be like, and will you guys communicate this week, or will you have to shut that off? Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely talk to my friends this week and wish them luck. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I hope for the best for them. Um, I obviously hope for the best for me and this team as well. Um, you know, we, we've definitely talked about it a little bit, you know, a while back, and you know, it's crazy how it's come to this moment already, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of people ask me if, like, I'm taking this game personally and things like that. Like, not really. Like, there's no reason why I should take one game more personal than the next. So I, I just want to go out there and win this one like all the rest. Okay, I'm not sure I can believe that he's not taking it personally, <laughs> but I don't know Jack Cohn that well. But yeah. in the interactions we've had with him, if there's anyone I would believe, it's him He's like as even keel as anyone I've ever seen hit that podium for Notre Dame. Now, that doesn't mean we don't know exact. I don't know the full Jack Cohen, right? right? But from that, he does seem like the guy's like, yeah, what's the problem? It's my friends. You know, they're, they're over there. Of course, I want to win. They want to win. But it's almost like when they're packing up those boxes yeah. in, in the living room, they're like, hey, you know, week four has got to be kind of cool, <laughs> don't you think? It's so it, it it's almost like a high school feel in terms of like, yeah. in terms of like facing guys that you grew up playing, you know, middle school or ICCL football against. And yeah, all right, we're gonna go up against those guys. It's it's interesting to say the least. But he's got to be motivated, right? Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Now, and they got to be motivated too to, to definitely prove that you know 
letting him go was, was an all right decision. Was yeah. an okay decision, right? Whether or not the players maybe who knows? I'm yeah. sure there's players that disagree with that decision and everything like that. Let me ask you this. Bigger advantage in this game. Cone knowing the Wisconsin defense. He knows that personnel. Mm-hmm. Played against them in practice every day. Or Wisconsin coaches knowing Jack Cone in preparation. Who's got the advantage Ooh. in terms of uh, of that situation from a from your That's really interesting. I I guess the nod would have to go to the the actual on the field play. Probably Cone knowing the having practice against those guys time after time because ultimately the quarterback's going to be working within the system of the offensive coordinator. So uh, yeah, I think I think I'd go that one. Okay, you go with Cone. Okay, yeah. some people were saying the defense simply because uh, the 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 coaches because coaches just learn more. Yeah, uh, know the player better than the player knows themselves sometimes, but. I, I I see your point, especially with it being the quarterback position, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's a if it's like a a wide receiver, I think I give the edge to the coaches because mm-hmm. they they know that player what they he can, can do well, what he, what he can't do well. But ultimately, the quarterback's got the ball in his hands. He he has to do whatever he, the system he, is. He knows <laughs> he knows this quarterback's a little bit. He, he almost knows. When that quarterback does a le- right leg hitch, it means something, right? It's yeah. like, oh, I, d- I know what that means. So. Well, I'd say the biggest impact is going to be the offensive line in the front of well, Wisconsin. Just, whew, right. It's going to be exciting. Well, he's he's going to know to get rid of the ball, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> and it may not matter how much he knows certain things if they can't protect him. Yeah, and that that's going to be huge in this game. And and we talk about, uh, you know, the, the battle in the trenches on the other side with Heinish mm-hmm. out, but certainly – the battle in the trenches with Notre Dame's offensive line against this Wisconsin defensive line and being able to protect Jack Cohn is going to be massive. Huge. Well, and they returned all four of their starting linebackers. <laughs> like, there's some really good players in there. So, it's yeah, it's just going to be a challenge. It's almost like two programs, very similar, uh, very similar, you know, desires as far as running the ball, stopping the run. But one of them has older players and one of them has inexperienced ones in Notre Dame and, and some injuries that they have to deal with to make it even more challenging. And, and we also don't know what to expect from Wisconsin because they've only played two games versus yep. three and then did not play last week. And they well, lost. They had a rough year last year, too. But right. a lot of those older guys took advantage and came back. Right. So, again, hard, to, hard to know. All right. Brian Kelly, New Rock, he tied with 105 wins. Most ever in Notre Dame history. Kelly moves into first place all time in Notre Dame with a win today. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say this week when asked, what does that all mean? Yeah, I can tell you exactly where I sit in Notre Dame history. The coach that won more games that hasn't won a national championship. That's where I'll sit. Um, where I feel like we've done is, is we've, we've played consistent football. We brought Notre Dame football back to its relevance of, you know, competing for championships. And, you know, each year, you know, you raise the bar um, and you, you continue to build towards that goal of winning a national championship. Um, and I think we've, we have steadily, um, worked towards that consistency, uh, year in and year out. Other than that, everything's judged and and rightly so on winning national championships. So, and I have no problem with that. I knew that coming in. Perfect answer. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't be more honest. He was kind of, he was answering that question in a different way the last couple of weeks. And it was basically a non-answer because he knew. I'm not Rockney. You know, he doesn't yeah. want to get into that because he knew it. But this was the one that 
kind of look. I haven't won a national title, so I I can't be compared to those guys because you got to win national titles here at, at Notre Dame, and that that's the right way to take it. And I think it probably takes some of that pressure off. I mean, obviously the pressure is always there. He's got to win it yeah. to to be counted, but it takes the pressure off in terms of still being able to embrace. This is a incredible achievement mm-hmm. to have this type of longevity as the Notre Dame coach is impressive. Here's a crazy stat for you. Only seven men have coached Notre Dame six or more seasons. Five of those seven won national titles. Rockney, Leahy, Era, Devine, and Holtz. Only Brian Kelly and Elmer Layden, who coached seven seasons, were the only ones that coached six seasons or more and did not win a national title. So, you know, you could say, then you're going to have some people go, well, that's why they should have gotten rid of them. <laughs> Those are some pretty great coaches that you listed, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. You don't become a legend at Notre Dame until you win a national title. It's as as simple as that. Now, and Brian Kelly's right. He's going to go – if he doesn't win a national title, he'll go down as the winningest coach to never win a national title, right? True. They'll always have that asterisk. So, uh, But if he wins today – Well, and in our lifetimes to see what happened with Lou Holtz after he won it, it was a whole different game. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) let's remember what it was like between Lou Holtz and Brian Kelly. That wasn't – Yes. That was not pretty either. No, no, no. We should enjoy these last four years. (laughs) They've been really good. (laughs) So – all right, I uh, want to let you know that Tire Rack, big thank you to them for their support of our internship program that we run with students from St. Joseph and Marion High Schools here in Michigan. The students receive practical college-level internship experience helping with our broadcast of high school football. Wouldn't be possible without the underwriting support from the folks at Tire Rack. More tires, great prizes. Visit TireRack.com. All right, coming up, we dive deeper into the matchup with Wisconsin. But up next, we give our first quarter of the season grade reports position by position that's next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays on Redeemer Radio Elevate 150 financial checkups at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union here's how it works go online and schedule a 30 minute phone call they'll guide you through your credit report to find ways to improve your financial health then they'll send $150 in your name to Redeemer Radio for information, visit NotreDameFCU.com slash Elevate. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame FCU. Support for programming on Redeemer Radio is provided by the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. The DeNicola Center is committed to sharing the richness of the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition both on campus and in the wider public square. Learn more about the DeNicola Center and see our schedule of upcoming conferences, lectures, and events at ethicscenter.nd.edu. There's no question a good mattress is a key to a good night's sleep, but a good mattress can be costly. So what if you could get a high-quality mattress at a discounted price? Elkhart Bedding has been providing just that for more than 100 years. Family and locally owned, Elkhart Bedding is a factory outlet where you can purchase top-notch mattresses directly from them and eliminate all the costs of the middleman. Elkhart Bedding is located at 2124 Sterling Avenue in Elkhart or at elkhartbedding.com. Imagine a world with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear, and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. 
Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information. Welcome back on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey, Ilya Glasman, our producer, will jump in here on this segment, given our first quarter of the great reports. We'd like to thank everyone who donated to our fall share It was a great success. Still time, if you missed it, to help uh, get us over the top. Head to RedeemerRadio.com right now to make your pledge to keep Catholic Radio going strong throughout the Diocese of Fort Wayne and South Bend. And congratulations to Jack D., who made his $300 donation and end up getting into the giveaway contest. And he won two tickets to Notre Dame and USC on October 23rd. All right. Uh, we're one quarter of the way through the season. So as we, as tradition, we like to do around here is give out our grade reports position by position at this point in the year. And we are going to start with the offensive line. Uh, Kevin, what do you got? I, I was going to start with the quarterbacks. That's usually where we start. Yeah. But we might as well just get right into the offensive line so we know how much time we have to talk about everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, they return one starter out of the five positions, so they have a lot of new guys. They have injuries. What was it? Three different starting left tackles in three games. Yep. I mean, whew. And it would be great to have that freshman back again. I guess basically um, – you know, A would be great. B would be good for me. C's average. D's below average. So for offensive line, um, I said C minus D plus. That's taking into account the youth, the injuries. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> they have really good recruits. They're supposed to be known as O-line and tight end university. And it's just kind of been underwhelming. I mean, I would say that they are performing below average. They can't do the run plays like they used to. And they have a, a real issue with drop back pass protection. Ilya, what, what grade did you give? I gave the harshest grade out of the three of us. <laughs> I gave a solid D because of what Kevin mentioned. This is considered o, O-line U, and there's a certain expectation uh. standard we have for these guys now that they've set for themselves, and they've been underwhelmingly underperforming. And if yeah. you if you, basically on that conversation, if you're grading on a curve, yeah. you, you know, even with the curve. Even with the curve, you know, whatever, <laughs> but they would come down because of in comparison to everybody else. Yeah. And I, I see where you guys go. I wouldn't see minus. I mean, I think we're all in the same ballpark, yeah. right? I mean, they're below average yeah. and they should be much better than they are. And they are taking down everybody else. Exactly. Along with them. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And because that's why it, I want to start with them. Yeah. Because they affect the grades of the other positions. It's kind of yeah. hard to evaluate the running backs, for instance. I'll yeah. go first. I gave them a B. I mm-hmm. can't give them an A, in my opinion, because they're not doing anything. But I'm not going to give them a C or a D because it's also not their fault. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gave them an A because they're the best. Uh, there's two of the best players on the whole team. They're the most explosive. Now, granted, if you can't run behind the line, then just throw the ball to them. Okay, or get, so you do something to get those guys. I'm going straight, I guess, Talent. Talent, yeah. Well, which, and the fact that they're getting involved in other areas, yeah. you're counting that as part of the package. Well, so at you times, they're the best blockers, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, so I'm high on the running back. All here, right, so. so I go B, you go A. What did you – what's your I'm, evaluation? I'm the harshest critic again. I went B minus, <laughs> even though, I mean, it's not like – all that much of a difference not like i went d or anything and here i thought Ilya was gonna be the homer in yeah. the group and he's the one that's giving out the harshest grades across the board all right uh quarterback <laughs> Ilya, you could go first as the harshest grader yeah, make, it, make it three straight i want c plus i mean uh 
Jack Cohn, you know who you are. You've been at times good, but if you know you cannot scramble and run, then you've got to make quicker decisions. I mean, you want to talk about the offensive line, not pass protect. I mean, there's been times where he's holding the ball for more than four seconds, and he's just it, it's making it easy for himself to get, like, sacked or hit from behind. It's, you know. Well, I also think, though, he's getting sacked. Sometimes he's holding the ball for a second and a half, and he's yeah. getting hit, too. So that, that plays a factor. And, again, another thing. Now, he didn't play well last week. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't think he did. Now, in hindsight, Brian Kelly said, you know, Kelly got on him on the sideline. He talked about this. And he goes, Cone wasn't affected by it, which shows that even kill attitude. Mm-hmm. He was at, Co- uh, Kelly seemed to be rather impressed that he's like, mm. He didn't say I went purple face, but he's basically saying <laughs> I went purple face on him, and he he wasn't affected, which he thought was was impressive. He goes, it's kind of first time I did it against Jack, and then after the fact, he went back and watched, and he's like, you know, some of those throws kind of on the wide receivers, they didn't run run the run routes. Well, I think that game. leads into yeah, wide receivers again. Man, there's a lot of drops. <laughs> I mean, there were yeah. All right, but what's your grade on the quarterbacks first? I'd say B. I'd, I'd say he's good. I mean, yeah. again, he kind of was more. He lived. He had higher uh, performed higher than my expectations as of this point, especially because he's running for his life when they drop pack pass. Look, if you put last year's offensive line on this year's team, I think Ooh. you're giving Jack Cohn an A plus. I think he'd be destroying everybody. I think we could safely say that would be like Joe Burrow with LSU, especially yeah. <laughs> with these wide receivers. That might be a fair yeah. way to Upgraded put it. Upgraded wide receivers. Yeah. yeah no. All right, so I gave a B as well. Uh, and then we get to the wide receivers. Kevin? I think they're average. I mean, I think there's just too many drops. And there's too many drops in game-changing plays. You know, yeah, there's Braden some vertical. Lindsay, bl- yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a – that I, I could have caught that touchdown pass. <laughs> I have, not in front of 80,000 people, but I have in front of the nine of us that were playing in a backyard football game, but that's beside the point. Uh, Ilya, what do you got? So I guess the roles are flipped. I was the best grader. I went B-plus considering last year and how much they struggled. I think this year's group has been a lot better, and I really took the Florida State game into account. I think that was a fantastic game for the wide receivers, so I went B-plus. Okay, I'm going to say I'm splitting in the middle with yeah. you guys. I went B-minus. Here, here's here's why. There is way more talent in this group, to Ilya's point, than yes, last year. vastly improved. However, to Kevin's point, they're not living up to the talent. Mm. They're, they're, they're dropping the passes. They're, making, they're running the wrong routes. Kevin Austin had a terrible week last week. Now, Brian Kelly to, said to his credit, Kevin Austin is – the hardest worker on the team, and nobody had to say a thing to him this week mm-hmm. because Kevin Austin was mad at Kevin Austin. So, and hopefully for Notre Dame, that means Kevin Austin's performing to that level that everyone expects of him here today against Wisconsin and moving forward. But, yes, you you count Florida State. You also have to count Purdue. And I think that evens out to a B-minus grade in my regard. All right, tight ends. Uh, Kevin, what do you got? I went almost again with the talent and the the athletic ability. So I went a. I think Michael Mayer is really good. He there are times when he can block better. You know he does drop the ball every once in a while, but he's a difference maker. Uh, Ilya, uh, I went a B 
wow. uh, because Michael Mayer, yeah, he's been fantastic. But also I think it's some on the coaching because I would personally rather see like two tight ends on the field with blocking on the left side. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel <laughs> like the tight ends do not help out on the left side of the line, which is the biggest yeah. struggle of the Notre Dame offense. Okay, so and that, and that might be more on the coaching side, but it's a good observation. Mm-hmm. I went A- minus because the reason – there are times when Michael Mayer doesn't get the ball. It has nothing to do with Michael Mayer. In fact, that almost might be as much of a shot at the offensive, offensive line, line and the wide receivers that Michael Mayer is getting double covered, mm-hmm. and they're still not able to make something happen. <laughs> so I went A- minus b- because of that. I mean, yeah, he, he's not. it's not his fault. All right, got to go faster on the defense. I all knew right. this was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> defensive line, I go B+. Plus. I, we're all over the place on this one. I mean, you guys are as separated as possible. Kevin, you said C+. Plus. Why? I just feel like the defense is really average at best. And, it, it, again, now this is opposite. Take the talent out of it. Um, I think that they have some talented guys, but it's, it's just not clicking. The alignment isn't working. And meanwhile, Ilya goes A+. Plus. Excuse me, 13 <laughs> sacks in three games is not clicking. I Ooh. mean, that's one of the best pass rushers in all of college football. I mean, that's a good on. stat. That is a good stat. All right, Ilya. Bring- sure doesn't feel that way when I'm watching on my couch. <laughs> well, and, and you're taking the coaching perspective of evaluating the film. Ilya's looking at the stats and, yeah. and watching that's the games, too. It, it, those are two counterbalances. That's why I'm right at B+. Plus. Yep. <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to the linebackers. Uh, I got a B for the linebackers. I don't know. They're, they're doing fine, and they're depleted, so I think you got to take that into account. Um, that these aren't the guys that were necessarily starting. And uh, Ilya, you go B as well. Kevin, you got B minus. You guys, any, any tremendous insight we got to get into on these guys? It could be worse. That's, um, all, that's I, all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a real positive would be J.D. Bertrand and yeah. how well he's playing. His pursuit alone, you know, he may miss something, but, man, he can re- chase down about anything. And, he's, and here's a guy who wasn't supposed to be the starter. Again, I kind of wonder about the coaching. Are they lining up? You know, right? Or are they still working that the bugs out with the new coordinator? All right, uh, secondary. Uh, I went B. Ilio went B plus. Kevin, you went C plus. Uh, well, you're you're the harshest hitter. Man, I think the corners better than they have been. Uh, but I I think that they really struggle with that second safety position, and then that that's with Kyle Hamilton making play after play after play. So like, wow, <laughs> it could be really bad if that guy goes out with a hamstring injury. It could go. Oh, I said that from the beginning. Remember yeah. the first show? I said, who's the most important yeah. player of the team? I said, Kyle Hamilton, because if he's not there, they are toast. Yeah. In, 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 on well, the, the interceptions, the hits, the, the mean, sure tackles in critical moments. Every week <laughs> I say he can't make a better interception. I Still, nothing will be better than the Florida State one, but the one he made last week was insane. All right, so I give Kyle Hamilton a 105%, <laughs> and then the second s- – Safety is like a 70, and then the corners are kind of just there. So I want B. Maybe it should be a little bit higher. Maybe Ilya's right on the right track at B+, because Hamilton just brings everybody up. All mm-hmm. right, special teams real quick. I went B-, Kevin went B-, Ilya, how in the world are you giving them an A? Because uh, they haven't monumentally screwed up. I mean, <laughs> they haven't no heard one, of okay. We haven't talked about them, so they so, must be doing something right. So you're grading on the curve the other way. Yeah. Hey, Ka- we're Kyrie, all over the place, just Ka- like Notre Dame. Kyrie Williams had a 20-yard punt return. That is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's probably their biggest punt return in three years. I was joking in the press box. It was the biggest punt return since the days of uh, Zibikowski. Yeah. So uh, it might it might be. Uh, no, they've had a little bit more. But All right, real quick. Uh, uh, Coach. 
coaching, Kevin goes B, Ilya goes C plus, I go B minus. And overall, Kevin, you said C plus, Ilya, you said C plus. I went B because they're still three and zero. Yeah, and I'll give them the credit for that. Yeah, but you guys go C plus because uh, I think you've been hinting at it, right? They just you feel like they haven't raised the level of the players, Kevin. Is that kind of what your reason? Yeah, um, totally. I, well, I think they're not living up to their own expectations that they've set. And then um, one thing that they have done in recent past is get better and better and better every week, and they're going to definitely need to do that this week. Well, if we're giving these reports next week, I think I think I could be wrong, but I think we'd have a much clearer picture of how we feel about everything after today's They're going to be challenged. Because they're they going to be challenged. Up. But who knows? They yeah. could come out and win 40-3. to three Of and course. We, we feel great. <laughs> And then we find out Wisconsin goes five and seven, and we're like, oh! But, but it's also the the coaches have to set up these players for success. I mean, right. Oh, totally. Notre Dame has been on the high side of the momentum in the games. There's always something, some sort of alignment or some sort of play that just screws them up, and it feels like it's on the coaching staff because they're not setting these players up for success. Kind of when I alluded to, why isn't there a tight end on the left side helping yeah. out blocking? Yeah. You know, oh, I hear you. Well, I, I think this was a great debate. It shows you how over the place everything is mm -hmm. with Notre Dame football because we can't even agree on whether or not certain positions are good or not because every position is getting affected by someone else. Yeah. yeah. And that that plays a factor when everything's not clicking. There, there's there's always someone else to blame. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where we are after week six with these grades. Yeah. Uh, all right, still to come, we dive deeper into the matchup between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Up next, Jack Cohn isn't the only member of the Notre Dame football program with deep Wisconsin roots. Notre Dame's team chaplain has them too. Some great stories from Father Nate Wills next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football, so do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day, free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Hi, this is Angel DiCarlo. By now, I'm sure you've heard the commercials about Elevate 150 from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. My wife and I took part in the free financial checkup and got Redeemer Radio $150, so pretty awesome there. But we also got a lot more. Notre Dame FCU helped us out with a bunch of items that we have been pushing off for a while. Now we're in a much better position financially thanks to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Now it's your chance for better financial health. Sign up for a free checkup at NotreDameFCU.com Elevate. Did you know one in five Americans will develop some form of skin cancer by the time they're 70? Skin cancer is the most common form of cancer and it's mainly caused by sunshine. If you can't be in the shade when you're outside this summer, make the most of hats, lightweight clothing and sunscreen to preserve your healthy skin. If you notice a spot that looks different than anything else on your body or a non-healing sore that lasts more than a month, see a dermatologist. Such areas are more likely to be skin cancer. I'm Dr. Tom McGovern, skin cancer and reconstructive surgeon who's been practicing at Fort Wayne Dermatology for over 20 years. I've treated over 30,000 skin cancers with Mohs Surgery, an outpatient procedure that provides a 99% cure rate for new basal cell skin cancers. If you have skin cancer, my compassion and skilled team at Fort Wayne Dermatology would be privileged to care for you.
Join Bishop Kevin Rhodes Wednesdays at noon for a new episode of Truth and Charity. Each week, he has a conversation with host Kyle Hyman about scripture, the lives of the saints, and issues affecting Catholics today. Listen to episodes anytime by going to RedeemerRadio.com or search for Truth and Charity on the Apple, Google, or Spotify podcast apps. Then share your favorite with a friend. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Time now for Focus on Faith and uh Father Nate Wills, in his fourth season as the Notre Dame football team chaplain, works at the Lions for Catholic Education, ACE and Notre Dame. He's a triple domer, but has great affinity to Wisconsin football. Jack Cohn, not the only one with strong Wisconsin football ties. Father Nate has a great Jack Cohn story at Wisconsin coming up as well. For a long time, Father Nate had cheered on for both Notre Dame and Wisconsin. That ends today. And I put him right on the spot. From the very first question to test those allegiances, here's Focus on Faith with Notre Dame football team chaplain, Father Nate Wills. Okay, Father Nate, who are you rooting for this this week? Wow. All right, right off the bat. Well, let me say this, Angelo. I know that, um, you know, as you know, I, I went to the University of Wisconsin for uh, my doctorate and love it. Love Madison. Uh, love the University of Wisconsin. If you ever have the chance, you should definitely get to a game at Camp Randall. It's a great place to watch a game. And there's some wonderful folks, too, at uh, at Wisconsin. You know, uh, their head coach, Paul Chris, is a faithful Catholic. His family's involved with Catholic charities and a bunch of things there. And uh, he used to come to the parish where I worked uh, and, and lived while I was there. You know, in terms of who I'm cheering for, I mean, it's sort of a no-brainer. Only one of the schools this weekend is named after our Blessed Mother, and, <laughs> and I happen to be the chaplain to their football team, so it's uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Let me ask you this. Okay. If you were, were not chaplain of the Notre Dame football team, and you had not been for the last four years, sure. so let's say this game's being played in 2016, mm. who are you rooting for? Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, look, I, uh, my religious community is based at Notre Dame. I did my undergrad in my seminary at Notre Dame. Um, I, uh, a I, reminder, what I asked you in 2018, you are a priest. You must tell us the truth. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. I would always, always, always root for Notre Dame. Well, you are a triple domer, as you like to point out. And, and we understand. <laughs> I like to point out. <laughs> You have to save yourself on this topic. But, uh, okay, and we addressed this when we first talked to you in 2018 about uh, the fact that you've also been disowned by your own family and friends mm-hmm. because uh, you're a Minnesota guy Truth. growing up. So you, you got a lot of problems in all sorts of rooting interests, really, throughout your life, don't you? You know, I wouldn't say they're problems. <laughs> I just would say, you know, there's there we, we contain multitudes, right? Part of our Catholic faith, Catholic meaning universal, we just don't see these bad boundaries of, you know, rooting for, you know, my family's in Minnesota and they root for a lot of Minnesota sports. And, you know, I, I tend to, I live here in Indiana now, so I'm, you know, we bloom where we're planted. All right. In all seriousness, let's, let's talk a little bit about why you have such an affinity to the Wisconsin, Wisconsin football program. And I know that's because of uh, my senior Mike Burke, who was the team chaplain there for a long time and, and passed away a, a year ago. Can you just explain your connection with him and how that really resonated with you and led you to being at a lot of Wisconsin uh, games, yeah. at, you know, wh- while you're getting your Ph.D. there? Yeah, thanks for asking about that, because, uh, 
Yeah, Father Mike was such an important person in my life, a great mentor and a, and a wonderful friend. I finished my coursework two years into my doctoral studies there in Wisconsin. I was studying education, so I, I'm an education professor at the Alliance for Catholic Education here at Notre Dame. I was looking for a parish to uh, to live in uh, to do my dissertation and you know to write about this and uh, write about my research in a really nice, quiet place. And he invited me to stay there. It was a great parish, kind of off in the suburbs, quiet and everything. And I thought, ah, oh, this would be perfect. So he invited me there, and it was it was a great parish. I loved it. Very vibrant place. Wonderful people. I made great friends there. He happened to be uh, the uh, chaplain to the University of Wisconsin football team and had been for nearly 40 years when I arrived there. He started in 1977, and which I reminded him was the year I was born. Um, <laughs> and so he um, – but he invited me in, and, and in the first football season, he said, hey, you wouldn't uh, – you wouldn't be interested in coming to a football game, would you? And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Um, I'd only literally been to one game before I uh, moved in there. And he was so excited, and I went to the game with his family and you know, siblings and all their kids and stuff, and, and they were all fired up and had a great tailgate before and everything. And the next week, he's like, oh, do you want to do it again? I'm like, sure. And so he hands me a sideline pass. I'm like, are you kidding me? So um, it was wonderful. And over the years, he really invited me into um, into friendships, into his love of Badger football. I got to know some of the coaches and, um, and folks around that. And it was just really wonderful to see his uh, witness and example. I don't know that I've ever met another priest who's better at appreciating people, like really seeing them, acknowledging them, loving them, meeting people where they're at. He had a very kind of folksy way about him. I just, I, I loved him to death. He was a great, great uh, mentor and friend, and I was so sad to see him uh, pass away this past year, but um, was privileged to, to be able to celebrate his funeral. And yeah, just, just uh, I'm still close with his family, and, and uh, there's all kinds of folks there who miss him very much. To be asked to celebrate his funeral, you know, someone who's, you know, was team chaplain of Wisconsin for 40 plus years, obviously has probably a litany of priests that he's close with, but that you were asked, what did that, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it was really beautiful and, and a huge honor. I wasn't the first choice if it's any consolation <laughs> because what happened uh, was the uh, the bishop of Madison was was going to celebrate this uh, this funeral. He's a diocesan priest, so it, you know, bishop was going to celebrate. And uh, about literally like an hour and a half before the the funeral was supposed to happen, I was like, you know, putting my suit on, whatever. And uh, they his family called me and said, um, the bishop's in quarantine. Can you celebrate the funeral? And I was thrilled, I mean, obviously, to be able to do that um, and felt like it was, it was, you know, Father Mike's kind of pulling strings as, as a last miracle to, uh, to have me do that. But I, I, I was just really honored to do that. What do you think? Have you thought about the fact of what this week would be like for you if you were on the Notre Dame sideline as the mm -hmm. team chaplain and he was on the other sideline as team chaplain? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it's funny. I just preached at uh, the Basilica of the Sacred Heart at, here at Notre Dame this past weekend and uh, I talked about Father Mike and how important he was, and uh, and I and I said, you know, I've often imagined what we would have talked about on the sidelines, and he would have probably said something, you know, really kind and loving, supportive of me personally, maybe not of the team, um, <laughs> but because uh, he was a little bit competitive, but he was just a very kind and loving person, and I think this was part of his success over the forty years 
of being the team chaplain. He originally was called into to be the team chaplain because there were, frankly, a racial divide among the players in that uh, summer of 1977. And they were, they were over at the seminary kind of doing their camp before the season. And he happened to be the rector of the seminary there. And they woke him up in the middle of the night at like, you know, whatever, 3 a.m. and said, hey, we need your help. You know, our, uh, our African-American students and our white students are like not getting along and we're at our wits end. Can you help? And he offered to help. And, and first thing they did the next morning was have a beautiful prayer service together and found that all of them had a, a common faith in Christ. And that was a common bond across the different you know, racial divides that had unfortunately developed. And he really brought them together in a beautiful way. And that was the start of him being the chaplain there. And they, they just continued to ask him to do it. What a wonderful story. Father Nate Will, CSC, team chaplain for the Notre Dame football team, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, has uh, very strong connections, as you're hearing, to the University of Wisconsin, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Noon kickoff uh, at Soldier Field here today. Uh, you know, you've gotten to know uh, Paul Christ, as you mentioned, a faithful Catholic, the head coach at Wisconsin. What's your relationship like with him, and what kind of guy is he away from? We we know so much about coaches on the field, right? But uh, what kind of person is he uh, away from the field? Yeah, my experience of Paul has been just outstanding. I mean, just a really, really great coach. Somebody who I think his players felt supported by. I remember a couple of years ago, I had friends in his office, um, and I just stopped by to say hello and, um, you know, just see how things were going. And they said, do you want to stop by and say hi to coach? I'm like, no, I'm sure he's busy. It'll be fine. They said, oh, no, no, here, here, let's bring, bring you in. So I go into his office, and he's like, oh, Father Nate, how are you? And we sat down, and we talked for like 10 minutes. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I kept being, you know, giving him opportunities to be like, uh, I know you're busy. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. I got, you know, how are things going? And, and was really just curious about, you know, my work here at Notre Dame and, and how things are going. This was before I was the chaplain for the football team, but I actually did end up coming back a year later. Father Mike introduced me to the, the team and said, hey, you know, we're, uh, this is the, the team chaplain for Notre Dame. And um, did you get booed? <laughs> I did not get booed. They were, they were, they were cautiously enthusiastic about that. <laughs> But the funny part was the person who reminded me of that was Jack Cohen, uh, who was there. And Jack Cohen was um, uh, was in the room. And in fact, I uh, ended up taking a picture. I was down in the locker room that game, and uh, I took a picture of Father Mike blessing all of the quarterbacks. And years later, when they announced Jack was coming here, uh, somebody pointed out to me, they're like, look, you have that picture of Father Mike literally blessing Jack Cohen. And so I showed it to him the first time I met him, and he was like, I remember you. They introduced you to me. So it was very sweet. Even if he didn't, it was sweet that he said he did. <laughs> I, I was just about to ask you about Jack Cohn because yeah. obviously uh, it's very unique that you're not the only one with a very strong Wisconsin connection, yeah. and, and certainly he will have that in, in this game as well as the former quarterback there. Who do you think is more torn in this game, you or him? <laughs> I think we're both in the same boat. Um, he's been there certainly more recently than I have, and I'm sure has wonderful friends in the team. And I, I, that'll be a, a really, uh, I'm sure for him, uh, a joyful reunion in many ways. But, you know, his loyalties are clear, too. I actually got a chance. I ran into his parents after the Florida State game, and I was telling them, oh, I have this Wisconsin connection. And they were like, totally not interested in talking <laughs> about Wisconsin. They are like, no, no. Too soon. Too Notre soon. Dame. Like, this is where we're at. <laughs> too Notre soon. Dame. Too yeah, soon. Exactly. How many prayers have you said on the sideline during these games this year? Oh, baby. <laughs> I've been I've been burning up the beads. It, it's been uh, 
you know, I, I, <laughs> the Toledo game, I literally spent the second part of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter just Hail Mary full of grace, Lord. <laughs> like just, just playing, praying to our Blessed Mother. And, um, yeah, I, I figure that's my job at, at that point. And so, um, if you would have seen me on the sidelines, my hand would have been in my pocket, um, with the, with my rosary beads. And you could have seen my lips moving, but um, you know I don't pretend to think that that uh, that that's the you know the secret to our victory or anything. Um, as I as I tell a lot of people who are like, oh, can't you do something about this weather? Or can't you bring us a victory? I I tell them um, I'm in sales, not management. So <laughs> it's that's uh, not within my control, but it can't hurt. It certainly cannot. I'm in sales and not management. That's a that's a good way of putting it. Father Nate Wills, Steve Chapel from Nerding Football, joining us. Uh, Want to just ask you about the group guys this year. Uh, you know, everyone looks about what's happening on the field and everything, but sure. it's a new group every year. And I imagine last year maybe you weren't able to get as close to the guys because of COVID, and or maybe in some ways you yeah. got closer because you, you guys were so insulated mm-hmm. um, on road trips. But uh, what kind of what kind of group is this? Uh, this year on the Notre Dame football team, do you feel? Yeah, it's a young group, um, as you might imagine. Uh, we had a, a lot of really great players and veterans and mentors for younger players graduate this past year. Um, so it tends to be, you know, a, a little bit of a younger group, but I think they're no less interested in, you know, and doing their best and being, you know, just incredible student athletes on and off the field. And, and I, I'm always impressed with their intensity, right? These are just intense guys. Um, and, uh, and that intensity really does uh, spill over into their faith life as well. I'd say a little more than half of them are Catholic, uh, based on my communion count from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> from away games, and uh, or home and away games, are, for our, our masses together. But all of them, whether they're Catholic or not, I think are, are interested in growing not only as a person, but as a man of faith. And I think that's honestly the reason why a lot of our players come to Notre Dame in the first place. Most of them have offers from other places, but they see a real opportunity to grow intellectually and spiritually at Notre Dame to get a great education, to become, you know, their best self here. So, and I think they see that in the, our graduates as well. They look at other people who have gone through our, uh, our program and their deep, deep faith. I mean, look at Drew Tranquil or somebody like that, who um, is just an incredible man of faith. And, and those are the people that they look to and say, I want to be like that. Father Nate, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, don't try to sneak on a red shirt underneath the, <laughs> underneath your fatherly outfit, all right? Will do, will do. All right, thanks. Will, will do? Will, he means he will put it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Father Nate Will is a great guest, uh, as always. Kevin, your takeaways. Well, Father Nate's awesome. I, I thought it was really interesting, the um, Wisconsin chaplain for 40 years. I mean, that's amazing. And then I think Father Nate has more insight in this team than we do. They are definitely a young group. Um, it's just good to hear <laughs> their personalities are kind of what we see in the field, too. By the way, if you want to see a great video, uh, go check out Pray Like a Champion today on Instagram. Father Nate actually edited his own video about his Notre Dame-Wisconsin roots uh, yesterday. Oh, wow. And it was really good, I, to the point that I text him to say, who put this together? He goes, me. I go, you did not. <laughs> that was fighting Irish media putting it pray together. Pray like for a it. champion. Yeah, huh? pray, pray like a champion today. Check it out. It's a great video. Get you hyped up for, for today's game. And he makes it clear his allegiances are with Notre Dame. All right, up next, what to expect today. It's our game day sprint on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. 
Hi, this is Tony Katantri of Katantri Financial Services. If you'd like help planning your financial future, contact me at Tony at This message isn't about my business. It concerns something far more important, uniting our country under God. My father and mother, Joe and Mary Katantri, lived their lives based on love of God, family, and country. Consider the question I recently posed to their eight-year-old great-grandson, my grandson, Rocco. If we all do our best to keep the Ten Commandments and treat others the way we'd like to be treated, how many problems would we have? He looked at me and said, not very many. Sometimes it takes a child to open our eyes, simplify things, and help us find the truth. So let's all do our best to keep the Ten Commandments, treat others the way we want to be treated, and let's unite our country under God. For Catantric Financial Services, I'm Tony Catantric. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Indiana Physical Therapy is your choice for physical and occupational therapy. We treat all walks of life, from peewees to professionals, Olympians, and those in between. Schedule at one of our 21 locations without a doctor's order. We accept all insurance plans and have the highest credentialed and most reputable staff. Open 7 to 7 to schedule the same day you call. Indiana Physical Therapy. Call 260-209-2464 or visit indianapt.com, where people go to get better. Welcome to Tom's Car Care Center. Thanks. I'm here for an oil change. How long do you think it'll take? I need to finish up some work and then stop and pick up lunch somewhere. Well, if you need to work, we have free Wi-Fi here at Tom's Car Care. And our Coffee Spot Cafe has great choices from soups to sandwiches, salads and wraps, and a great place to sit down and enjoy your food. Really? I can do all that here at Tom's Car Care? Sure. You can even run your car through the Waterworks Car Wash after we're done. Wow, what a time saver. Thank you. Tom's Car Care has it all. Tom's Car Care, the Coffee Spot Cafe and the Waterworks Car Wash, located at 3201 Sugar Maple Lane in South Bend. You know, Wisconsin's an outstanding football team. I mean, they they played for championships. Um, they're consistent. They're physical. They're smart. They play to their traits. And we'll have to do the same. I mean, look, they beat more talented teams because their, their sum is greater than their parts. And that is a testament to who they are, how they're coached, uh, playing to a system. That's why they beat a lot of people. We'll, we'll have to do the same, and, and we'll have to get them off the field. Uh, they possess the football through a very you know, powerful running game, and we're going to have to make big plays, and they limit that. So, a great challenge. Kevin here. Brian Kelly just summed it up in one minute for the <laughs> Game Dave Sprint. Uh, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, noon kickoff here. Uh, top 25 matchup at Soldier Field. And I think Brian Kelly did sum it up really well there, right? It, it that's what Wisconsin does. They they play as a unit, and yeah. uh, they make the most of their situation. And that's going to be a big challenge for Notre Dame, especially again with the the top news of, of the day. Kurt Heinisch not expected to play here today, according to Tim Priester, affecting Notre Dame's uh, you know pass rush and pass def- or uh, rush defensive line. Excuse me, yeah. I can't speak. 
<laughs> well, I think, yeah, the Wisconsin strengths, obviously, there are a lot of returning starters, a lot of older people, a lot of seniors, but they can run the ball, and then on defense they can stop the run, which is where Notre Dame has been inconsistent and struggled so far this year with all the young guys. All right, let's look at Wisconsin's defense. They're mm-hmm. giving up. Now, they've only played two games. They they beat Penn State or they lost to Penn State in Week One sixteen to ten mm-hmm. and they beat Eastern Michigan thirty four to seven so it's not a huge sample size True. but they've only given up two rushing first downs and seventy nine yards rushing on thirty six attempts in two games and again they're older I mean they have eight returning starters the majority are seniors and four of the linebackers are returning and you know fifty seven Jack Sanborn he's he's a really good linebacker. But the other ones are not far behind. I mean, it's a good group. I mean, it's how a many, challenge. How many passes does Notre Dame attempt in this game? Do you even? Let me ask you this: Do you even bother to try to run the ball? I mean, I know you're going to rush it, so, but when your best players is <laughs> Williams, you're going to want to get him the ball. Well, right, but do you just throw to him seven times on on dump off? Like, you don't force the run though in this game because you're not going to get it much, right? I, What's I, your strategy? No, I think I think they have to. They have to try to be balanced. They have to run um, and pass because then they'll set up play action. Straight drop back passing is going to be dangerous, and straight ahead running is going to be dangerous. So they're going to have to get creative. Uh. It, it, screens, like <laughs> lots of things. I mean, they're really going to have to get creative, honestly. I think Notre Dame's going to end up uh, attempting 50 passes today. That's what I think that's the only way they're going to win. That could be. I, I don't know. <laughs> if they Maybe. get behind, they're going to have to do something, well, too. That's, that's, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's true, too. All right. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for over 80 years. Get a debit or credit card from Notre Dame FCU. Take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Memoro not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You erase our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right. Wisconsin's offense, Graham Mertz, the quarterback, 36 of 54 for 326 yards. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. He has two interceptions. So, I mean, there's not like anything massive to write home about in, in, in terms of their offense. But their offensive line is a staple, as always, against that Notre Dame defensive front. And the bottom line is they're just going to try to eat away at that clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, four of their five offensive linemen are returning. If you include the tight end to uh, six positions, four seniors. I mean, it's just a, it's an older group, and they've you know run the same system year after year after year. All right, what are your uh, keys to the game? I think whoever runs the ball and stops the run will win. So, um, <laughs> well. which is tough because it's a Wisconsin strength, but a, as of now, a Notre Dame weakness. However, they have won three games in a row, Notre Dame. So, yeah, Whew. I don't know, <laughs> Ilya. What do you got? Make Mertz beat you. Oh, no. Nice. I, I like, like your thinking. Slow talk. <laughs> Wisconsin does not have a single pass, pay or pass play over 20 yards this year. Yep. Make him nice. beat you. That's a, good, yep. that's a great stat great to sneak in there. Uh, I say turnover battle. I mean, it's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. And special teams field position battle is going to be huge in this. If you can get Kyron Williams to get a 30-yard punt return in this game, that may win you the game. Yeah. Because I think that's going to make uh, a big difference. All right, our poll question was, what happens? And I was actually a little surprised. The choices were ND by seven or more, ND by six or less, Wisconsin by six or less, Wisconsin by seven or more. 66% said Notre Dame were going to win. 33% by seven or more, 33% by six or less. I actually thought there was going to be more pick in Wisconsin from the fan base based on last week. Of everyone saying, nah, they're going to go 9-3, and three, which yeah. was the vote that everyone had. Um, all right, Kevin, where are you? What's your prediction in this game? I think it's going to be close, six or less. I think 
Wisconsin, 24, Notre Dame, 21. Oh! I know. Catholic radio station. I never do that. Go ahead, Ilya, real quick. We got 15 seconds, 20 seconds. This is absolutely ridiculous. I've been having to hear from the national media of how Wisconsin's this amazing team, appreciably better than Notre Dame. Just remember, against Penn State, 93 plays, only 10 points. Notre Dame by double digits, 21-10. Ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, all right, I have Wisconsin. Uh, you got to be the go-between. I had Wisconsin 20-16 to 16 on my sheet. I feel like everything says Wisconsin's going to win this game, and I feel like I'm just no, going it with it because everything says that Wisconsin's going to win. I got Wisconsin 20 to 16. <laughs> I, I hope for Notre Dame fans' sake I'm wrong. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. For Elia Glasman, Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Noon kickoff on Fox. We'll be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. We close our show the same way the Irish traditionally close their pregame in prayer with our Focus on Faith guests from today. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game.